Welcome to Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed, a podcast that explores ways to transform your business and marketing strategy, whether you are a rising star, entrepreneur, or experienced professional. A show packed with stories to inspire success and build a growth mindset for you and your company. Featuring global brand CMOs, transformation experts, and business founders, your co-hosts, Chris Lawson in London, UK, and Samuel Money across the pond in Philadelphia, USA. Welcome everyone to episode four of Across the Pond, Marketing Transformed. My name's Samuel Money, based in Philadelphia, and I'm joined from the UK by Chris Lawson. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Awesome today. How's your week been? How's your how's it going right now? It's good. Yeah, really good. And, um, you know, so looking forward to getting stuck in today. Okay, I think that's a prompt for me to keep talking, so I will do. <laughs> so... On this week's show, we'll talk about who we admire and how we've brought what we've learned from them into the marketing transformation space. We'll take examples from them in terms of how they help challenge beliefs and ideals as pioneers and innovators. And we'll also talk about the importance of diversity in growth and in succeeding in marketing. The illiterate of the 21st century are not those who can't read or write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. That's a quote by Alvin Toffler, the futurist that wrote Future Shock. I love that quote because marketing transformation is powered by the three key actions he calls out. Learn. There are ideas, approaches, techniques that continue to be true today and help you win and succeed and work in today's world. Continue to immerse, be open, and master the craft. Unlearn. Those are the ideas, approaches, biases, and principles that you have to let go of. In advertising, we need to unlearn the fixed top-down funnel of awareness, interest, desire, action. That's not fit for purpose today. Or the marketing planning approach of setting it up and forgetting about it because the digital world we're in and where humans are responding to day-to-day interactions, minute interactions, constant stimuli, we don't operate in that linear way. Finally, relearn. That's where we should invest most of our time, where we need to remix and revisit for what makes sense today. Yes, that means recognizing that word of mouth is the same as word of tweet. So you better get why social is relevant to you and your brand, and you better be responsive and you better be present. Or that what I called an advertorial earlier in my career has now become known as a native ad. It's exactly the same thing, just in a different platform and context. It means I have to change my language and opinion about how I used to think things were and make sure they're relevant for today. I say this a lot because marketers and CMOs often sneer about social. They claim it doesn't drive growth or business performance. No, very profound, Sam. I like that. I think, um, you know, what's really interesting to me is that actually we we constantly have to learn and then relearn, reset where we are and uh, work out how we sort of take ourselves forward. And that's part of the the transformation, the marketing transformation journey, um, wherever you are in your career or wherever the organization is on that life cycle as well. Just taking a step back for those news listeners that have joined us, uh, Sam and I used to work together back in the early 90s, and uh, that was at a grocery retailer called Safeway. Uh, We worked in very different departments. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
we became friends. Uh, we, we talked a lot about football. We talked we a lot did. about beer. We uh, talked yes, a bit did. about marketing. And um, okay, a little bit. About yeah, um, and you know, we had we had quite diverse views on on many subjects, but quite a lot of common ground as well. Um, you know, one one subject we never agreed on was football. Um, Sam certainly didn't quite grasp my love for my football team. Um, but uh, but putting that to one side... Let's, yeah, let's I not think, go down a sports channel. That's a different show. Yeah, different show entirely. Putting that to one side, it, you know, many years later, it actually turned out that my dad lived in the same town as Sam, um, Luton, and my stepsister went to school with Sam. And actually, I think it was in the same class, wasn't it, Sam? Yep, that's right. Sunny Luton, which is, you know, about 30 miles north of London for those who are looking for it on the map right now. And it was a, a great experience growing up there. And um, yeah, now I'm living over in the US in Philly and um, completely different perspective on the world and things that got me here. We could talk more about that as we go through the episodes. Yeah. And, you know, in a small world, world indeed. And, uh, you know, different backgrounds, but then common ground as well. And uh, and I think that's it. You know, it's, it's understanding that and finding the differences in views and viewpoints and bringing that to, to light as well as also then working out where the common ground is as well. And also one of the things that I've really appreciated with Sam is that both of us have had to learn and then relearn what we're doing. And uh, it's certainly something that I think that I appreciate in him is his challenging nature and his knowledge and the fact that he actually wants to carry on learning as well. Thanks for all the, you know, the plaudits and this love fest. And it's like, okay, let's stop, you know, patting each other on the back and get on with it. So Chris, <laughs> is it based on the premise of the show, who stands out to you as a thought leader, role model that, you know, we should emulate? Well, I mean, I read a lot. Uh, but not necessarily business books, but there are two that I refer to over and over again. Uh, first one, Seth Godin um, or Godin, and uh, that's Permission Marketing. And the second one is by Jim Collins, which is Good to Great. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the first one, I, I really sort of understood the context as to what marketing really is or at least should be i mean you know uh, i don't know when it was actually written it must be sort of late 90s i would imagine mm, probably good 10 years but uh, but actually you know it was uh, what what struck me was that it was all about creating a two-way conversation mm -hmm. that, that was the premise of it in terms of you're you're there to create a dialogue you're there to take on feedback and uh you know this this was way before technology and enabled that um to, to make life easy for us all and 19 books later and insights every day straight to a huge community of fans uh, i think that it's it still stands for the passage of time that book yeah and you know thanks for bringing seth front of mind because it, it reminds me of a um, example of stories that he, he would tell and i've seen him present a couple of times and he um, one of the best examples he does is you know you've got an audience full of a few hundred people and he's talking about you know um being successful or, or making progress and um he talks he says to okay everyone right now just put your hands up and um if you imagine if you're some, whoever's listening obviously if you're driving hold on to the steering wheel but if you're elsewhere perhaps put a hand up then he says put it up a bit higher yep okay then put up as as, as high as you can right okay everyone's got their hands up as high as you can you can see look around yeah everyone's got the highest, highest and then he says okay give me a little bit more and then you see everyone inch up another two inches and he, then he goes okay 
well, what the hell's going on? I told you to give me everything you had. And then I asked for a bit more and you, and you do, and you, you can, you can stretch a bit higher. And it's kind of, we all start looking and laughing. It's yeah, because we're conditioned to hold back. We're always fearful that we're going to be, dem- there's going to be more demanded of us or there's something about to happen. So we never give hundred percent commitment. We never always fully in. And that, that example of t- translating the idea or thought from theory into practice and feeling, we could all know what it felt like to actually. So what I love about Seth is he translates ideas into act, um, action and things which are really practical and you can apply and he provokes you to action so yeah, I, so i definitely good. support that one yeah and and then that, that neatly ties into the next one which is from good to great as well you know that idea that we should be strong what we should be striving for and really almost providing the definition of what we striving for i, I mean I, I simply believe that book has no equal i think is uh, fantastically written and and although it focuses a lot on business strategy as a as a uh, marketing professional i think we can learn a huge amount about it because it's embedded in in our philosophy as well you know, it's about understanding your customers it's about creating a clear simple value proposition and it's striving for excellence and not just accepting good um, which is uh, you know, something that I think we should all do. Yeah, that's I co-signed that one. You know, as you t- as you're talking there, I think I've I've found in my experience a lot of CMOs um, and CEOs. If you walk into their offices or connect with them, they got a lot of books on the shelf, but they actually haven't read them. So, um, a little tip or trick for folks in the room is if you walk into an office and uh, you see a book behind a CMO, and if you've read it, then definitely do this. If you haven't, well, just ask a question about it or uh, make a suggestion, and then grab the book and read it and then come back and use that as your excuse to start to build a relationship and share what you've learned and what you he's not promoting stealing by the way no 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 i'm not promoting stealing i'm just saying use that as you're in because now you're connecting and because i from most from my experience most of them don't actually have a time to have any time to read those books so if you're publishers and i I always found it hilarious that they target cmos and ceos send them books but nine times out of ten they aren't reading those books um you know i'd I'd add to another one with a guy called warren Berger, and what i love about his work he's um he's written a book called a more beautiful question and he's written a book of beautiful questions and what it does is it kind of allows you to really probe into the power of asking propelling questions and how they unlock opportunities and it just helps you reframe how you think about things so rather than saying yeah how are you or how are you doing you you would ask someone you know what are you most excited about right now versus asking what do you do because if you ask people what they're most excited about that opens up a world of possibilities allows them to talk more than just their job title and also it then sort of connects with people and you get end up creating conversation just by asking a great powerful question versus going through the mundane status quo so the power of asking questions warren Berger, i think does some great work um out there as well that i'm you know i, I definitely advocate yeah I'm, I'm not familiar with that one so I'll, I'll definitely go and check that out and to be honest there is so much advice out there and, and in a way we're we're adding to it um but i think the most important point is Take what you can and form your own opinion in your own direction. It's better to be decisive than to be stuck. That's something that that I've um, tried to live by. And, uh, and I think also when there is so much information out there, it's great just to sift through and see what applies to you and be your own curator. Um, and role models don't have to be about um, books, though. I think the greatest marketer of the last decade do you know who i think that okay, is Sam? this is a big claim so um I, I don't have the drum roll effect i won't press that button but go on and hit me with it who's the greatest chris taylor swift i reckon 
Did you, sorry, did you say Taylor Swift? I did say okay. Taylor Swift. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an indie kid at heart. I'm an alternative rock fan. But uh, you know, you you think about it. She's had at least five reinventions and uh, established a huge community, and within that, a VIP network of super fans. Um, she constantly is sort of pushing the boundaries of sort of peer-to-peer testing, um, sort of dropping sort of tunes or dropping sort of albums to sort of small groups, inviting a VIP group round to a house pretty much once a year, constantly changing. And and you look at it and you think a lot of those principles are, that are the ones we're striving for again. So I think she's done an incredible job, really. Okay, well, I you know I can I can concede to that, and I think she's definitely someone who's really. Um, I think rubbed the industry up um, a bit the wrong way because she's taken control and ownership of her work, her persona, her art from a very young age and really got into as, into as much as the business side as the creative side. And um, that's kind of not, um, people haven't liked that because um, she's young and she's powerful and she's using that to, to kind of design her future in a way that is, um, I think, role modeling for, uh, for, for everyone. So I, I will take your Taylor Swift and I'll counter it with Beyonce um, and I'll take us back a couple of years to the Super Bowl in 2016 and that Super Bowl halftime show was all about Coldplay allegedly Um, and Beyonce stole the show um, with a remarkable display of marketing savvy. And on the eve of the Super Bowl, she dropped a, su- a surprise single called Formation and a music video, and that became viral, and that went huge like the on the Saturday. And then, you know, immediately she um, was did a sort of co- co-performance with Coldplay and then actually stole the show with her halftime show. And, um, you know, she was wearing this um, outfit and, and brought a, the whole crew with her. And, um, you know, I think she did a, a great job of mastering the consumer journey so from the pre-launch she um captivated the you know the key lovers of her of her and her music and then at the end of that super bowl performance she dropped the um the ad for a 30 traditional 30 second tv ad for a new um formation world tour and then just let's get to the results 116 million people watched the halftime show versus 112 million actually watching the game itself over 150,000 tweets per minute she generated a million tickets sold in the first day of sales 100 million dollars and growing that was the power of pulling people through a consumer journey awareness interest action i've sort of said i'm not a great fan of that framework but the ability to get you to know it to need it and then to take action and share it was huge so yes musicians are some of the best markers in the world and i think female musicians are just you know doing a great job right now so i think beyonce accompanies your taylor swift yeah uh, do you know what i don't think i've got to come back to that one i mean that is staggering isn't it you you look at that a million tickets sold on the first day i mean that's absolutely huge and and clearly a very very well orchestrated campaign with a clear call to action at the end of it as well so yeah you win this time yeah um yeah well you know everyone's a winner but i you know that that's the thing you you exactly said the call to action there so this wasn't just um you know fluff or puffery this was a real strong marketing plan led to call to action and in 36 hours you could clearly see the results um, and measure them in millions of dollars so as marketers we've got to look at the people who are the best at it and not necessarily stick with you know the traditionals and you know that's why i look for diverse views and and you know see that as a a way of building into our thinking um you know it, it could be someone standing right in front of you and um you know i think diversity as we think about it more broadly it does 
definitely powers better marketing, right? And, you know, I, I'm you know, a, a black guy from the UK, now based in the US, and I've lived in Germany and Switzerland. So my experiences have taken me, um, you know, in, in different fields. I should mention also my heritage is Ghana, West Africa, so I speak some languages from there. And all of that is, the, is what I bring to the table. And, you know, traditional views of diversity and inclusion focus on it being, you know, the right thing to do or what companies must do to meet compliance regulations. And while, yeah, both of those are true, um, there's just so much documented, um, you know, impact on business results and value and, you know, including um, a diversity of members which operate an inclusive and trusting environment is what this is all about in doing it well. And the data says, okay, you you know, 12% more discretionary effort, 20% greater intent to stay with an organization, 60% more collaboration amongst teams, 40% greater commitment. This is some, some CE certificate, uh, corporate executive board data. And there's hundreds, you know, loads and loads of reports, McKinsey and various other people have, have put it out there. So I like to think of it in specific ways, diversity of viewpoints, people, opinions, income, um, you know, age, all of those things, culture, bring to bring if you bring those those together and if you really harness that, that definitely allows you to succeed. And I think folks listening in, look, you can you can just apply some of this in a, in a very, very personal, simple way today. If you think about something we all do, we all use the internet and we all tend to go to Google and then we search. Now, if you're based in the US, why don't you just go beyond google.com? You can go to google.co.uk, .au for Australia, .nz or .nz for New Zealand, and you will find completely different results if you search the same brand. If you search Starbucks in each of those different um, Google um, you know, host country versions, you'll get that they'll show up in different positions in in ranking. You'll have different stories. So especially if you search in France, I think they've banned Starbucks again from a certain area. Or in, I think in Italy they did it the, um, in recent times. They've just you know um, sort of said no, we don't want a Starbucks opening there. And those stories won't show up in the US version, but they will certainly show up in the um, international versions of the home site. So just think about even when you're searching, think about where you get your news from. If we want to stay up to date with current affairs and what's latest and greatest in our marketing world, let's look at beyond the usual media channels we had in the US. You can look at France 24 or Deutsche Welle from Germany, Rai Uno, which is Italian, or even the BBC. Just get your news from those different um, platforms. And that just brings those diverse in- inputs and, um, and thoughts and ideas. And you can just see different perspectives on the same thinking from around yeah. the world. It's good. It's good. And, you know, that... that stereotypical thought which can just become normal in a way you get so into your routines and thinking about it and that's sort of um, that biased of right. opinion and viewpoint and uh, yeah you're absolutely right as i remember back in the day we would be looking to google to sort of say well actually let, let's be searching via google versus yahoo to give us some different viewpoints and before you know it you just find yourselves dealing with your favorites and mm-hmm. and you become as institutional institutionalized as, as everyone else. So Chris, can you talk a, a little bit about what efforts you've worked on to increase diversity? Yeah. So for me, I, it's something that I care passionately about and, uh, you know, something that I've been spending a fair amount of time on is is working out how we bring sort of diverse voices into into our industry and what that looks like. Um, so working with a organization called BAME 2020 at the moment, um, BAME for um, our US uh, listeners is a sort of term that we use over the UK to refer to sort of black, Asian and minority ethnic, ethnic people. And, and the challenge that 
we have is again just starting to get institutionalized where we recruit more and more from um, the same backgrounds and the same um, sort of you know sort of places that we would aim to recruit mm-hmm. from. So BAME 2020 is is all about trying to bring sort of 20% of um, uh, the sort of people coming into the marketing communications industry mm-hmm. from a BAME background. Um, right. So it's a, it's a fantastic initiative. It's headed up by a lady called Amanda Phone, who runs a um, F1 recruitment and a great guy called Adrian Walcott, who's a founder of a sort of a brands with values and they spend a lot of their time and there's a number of advisors and ambassadors that sort of show away and, and many of the events around London. But it, but it's a it's a really important um, initiative. And, and I think one of the things that we're struck with, I think, is around that recruitment place uh, mm-hmm. process and how much of that uh, becomes almost self-fulfilling, whether you're looking for certain types of qualifications or and, and it's about ensuring that we give a voice and an opportunity to those right. that, that don't have a certain qualification or background. It's about what you can add. It's the value that you can achieve. Do you, do you know, do you know Sam, when I joined The Guardian, and I was very proud of sort of um, joining as their sort of uh, CMO, and, uh, but I was, I was asked a question by a journalist uh, who will remain nameless as to whether I went to Oxford or Cambridge University. <laughs> um, the answer was actually at Anglia Rushkin University in Chelmsford, by the way. But uh, but I thought again, there's an assumption that the role that we're performing it right. means that you've come from a certain background. And I'm I'm very proud of my roots and what I've achieved. And I believe that everyone should be judged on their merits and the potential that they can show. But yeah, you know, you know, I was going to just going to say there, Chris, um, that yeah, you know, so when we think about the, the idea of diversity, it's you know, class. It's just like yeah, I mean, the UK, there's there's definitely a, a classism that goes on, and the fact that you had to come from two of the Oxbridge colleges was the only two options. Oxford or Cambridge was the only two choices. Anywhere else didn't exist. When there's probably you know over a hundred or more different um, colleges and universities out there, that just kind of sets the tone in in certain professions. So we've got to really check our biases and that's a great example that you know you've experienced um in your career yeah and 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 again i think it when you we have the opportunity is taking briefs or taking taking jobs that allows us to do that some some other organization i'm working with at the moment is a company called teach first or a charity called teach first which is all about putting teachers um top quality teachers in disadvantaged uh schools and it's a matching program which is all about recruiting sort of teacher graduates and and putting them in the right schools incredible values great purpose but like everything else they need a strong marketing plan to help them deliver Mm -hmm. on that so i've been helping them focus on their their acquisition program and driving that through um but, but you know that diversity i think is important what about you sam yeah, you know, um, I think I can add to the power of it in just from um, being um, who I am doing the, the role I, I've done if, um, as a marketing, you know, in a role as a marketing director a few years ago. I was working on a campaign with an agency to relaunch a, a, a line of our products and got a, a wonderful story storyboard out there. And the, the story was um, set in real people's homes and it was re- irreverent relatable and there are different characters that and in the category so it was to do with um, appliances refrigerators and it's 
essentially there were different, you know, personas. So there was someone who would open the fridge and gaze into the fridge and leave it open and let all the cold air out. And there's someone who would pick all the little pieces off the top of the pizza or the food that was in there. And there was someone who was like, um, you know, spill friends are dropping things and spilling things. So all the, the things that just normal, normally happen in, in everyday life. And one of the characters was a thief, as I say, who was stealing little, the toppings of all the little things and when they, they weren't supposed to. And, um, or taking something from the um, part of the fridge that, you know, didn't belong to them. And guess what? When they cast the storyboard, I saw it, different characters, great diverse cast, and the thief was played by the black guy. And I'm seeing this storyboard thinking, oh no, you're just reinforcing a negative stereotype. And had took a breath, processed it, reached out to the agency, pointed it out, and they were, you know, very apologetic and, you know, somewhat defensive. Oh no, we didn't mean anything. I would, you know, it shouldn't be seen that way. And I was, okay, let's, let's be aware of it. Let's be aware of the bias and the stereotype and let's fix it. And we did. So we changed it. Um, and ultimately, you know, I had the decision-making authority to fix it. And that was the critical part of the story here. If you don't have people who are different, who have different perspectives and, um, you know, different ethnicities and genders and, um, and you know, worldviews, you're going to have blind spots that you won't mitigate and you won't address. So me able to speak up and say no to a storyboard or yes to a storyboard was ultimately the decision-making role that I had to influence and make sure this went the right way. And, you know, the outcome, the final creative performed above norms and, you know, took us from kind of mediocre in a category to top of the category in terms of standout, recall, and persuasion. And so that's a personal story of why it matters and how you can, it can lead to breakthrough outstanding work, but you've got to have the decision makers um, in position to actually have an impact. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of the story I'd, I think to share there, Chris. Yeah, powerful stuff. I, I think we forget the human aspect of our job sometimes as well. It's it's important that we we find that that we're we're making sure that we create sort of empathy with our sort of surroundings or our, our colleagues because ultimately to actually understand where we where we're going with our products and services that we end up marketing or how we're going to sort of transform the organizations you've got to create that sort of diverse viewpoints which sort of brings us back around nicely i think to it things that we can do as marketers to have that um, empathy and see things from um, different perspectives and perhaps mitigate for the biases that you know marketers are expected to be leaders and effectively steward the work be it the channels the culture um, the content the material and assets and they need to provide you know good, inspiring feedback. So one of the things that you can do is when you're doing market research is, are you really researching all the households that show up in your volume data? You know, have you ever walked in, physically walked into the homes that um, look and feel like yours? Or have you walked into homes that look and feel completely different and that represent, you know, the other 30, 40, 50% of the marketplace? Can you really see how other people live and you can you can you know relate to them what 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 where they live how they live what they eat what they do and how they do that and have that real personal touch so i think that's one thing that marketers can do um and uh, the and another key um learning is you know have um a diverse set of colleagues on the client side but also the agency side who's working on account what voice do they have um what do they how do they, how do you help them bring their voice to the table those are some things that marketers can go and do immediately to to um, be better in this space yeah, good yeah there's a great quote which i, I really like uh, i think it, it's along the lines of uh you know, it's, it's written about 1880s hence the tense but it was like don't don't judge a man until you've been able to walk in their shoes or walk a mile in their shoes and and, and i think that that really sums us up really where it should be about that empathy and putting yourself in the perspective of the customers and, and bringing it right back around to 
know, the, the topic of today really is that when we when we look at who we admire and how we can learn and what we can br- and how we bring that into the marketing mix so much of that i think is about bringing diverse viewpoints and being open to new ideas um so sam uh quite a quite a long session today but i still think very very valuable so without any further ado why don't you wrap it up for us and tell us the three things we should take out of it yeah, I think the the starting point is anyone could be a role model. So when we talked earlier about ours, we picked up, you know, a couple of white guys and authors, but then we, we turned to other folks and sort of saw that outside of the traditional industry, you can you can find the role models out there who are doing a great job of um, certainly from a, a modern marketing perspective. I mean, we kind of picked on picked up with Taylor Swift and, and Beyonce is perhaps doing it um, bigger and better than just about anyone out there. And so anyone could be a role model and let's make sure they're part of our worldview when we're thinking about about that. Um, number two, diversity still needs to be encouraged. We've talked about some of the, the ways to mitigate some of the pitfalls of not having it or doing it well, but also some of the, some of the benefits there uh, of doing it. And I told them, you know, my personal story of being enrolled to, in a role where I could actually influence um, a decision that led to great outcomes in the in the work that we did and then thirdly constantly striving you know it's about being dissatisfied with the status quo and you know pushing to set a new standard and and, and challenging um from where we are so it's you know anyone can be a role model diversity still needs to be encouraged and constantly striving and being satisfied with the status quo are the three things i would say the core core themes coming out of today's episode yeah good stuff yeah i um i think the one that sort of certainly stands out there i think is you know diversity still needs to be encouraged it's something that we we just have to keep pushing up in terms of what's coming up of the next episode is what's your marketing superpower looking at personal examples of marketing and how our marketing superpowers have helped us navigate our careers uh, there'd be a few tips in there for you to identify yours and and truly realize the importance of aptitude combined with skills so that brings us to the end of this week, Sam. Uh, great session. Thanks very much for joining me. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week's one. Yeah, Chris, thanks uh, Thanks for being a great co-host on this show. Really enjoyed it and looking forward to the next episode. So until next time, have a good week across the pond. Well, that's it for this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it. Find more by visiting marketingtransform.com and click on the subscribe link. If you listen via Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or anything else, then click on follow, subscribe, or type Marketing Transformed into search. We're a new show, so please leave us a review, comment, or ask a question. We'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at marketingtransformedshow at gmail.com.